0: Have you been naughty or nice this year? Well, a little
1: bit of both. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, whether or not Santa comes to visit you doesn't mean that you can't be someone else's Santa with a supercharged offer from our partners, Riss and Cal. So, Casey, listen to this. Okay. They've put together a charging bundle, which includes a wall charger, a car charger, and four charging cables of your choice. This is normally $55 if you purchase them all separately. It is now just $35.
1: Whoa.
0: Yeah, exactly. And as a listener of the show, you know, you've know you heard us talk about this. If you use that coupon code BEERS, that's B-E-E-R-S, at checkout, you're going to get an additional 15% off. That brings your purchase to less than $30. Holy cow. Yeah, wow. But that's not all. So while supplies last, if you purchase a total of $50 or more in product, you're going to get the official Beers and Ears Bluetooth keychain speaker for free. These wow. gifts are perfect for anybody in your life who has a cell phone, which, let's be honest, that's pretty much everybody. Head on over to fourfrills.com/shop. slash shop. That is the number 4, P-H-R-I-L-L-S dot com slash shop. Purchase at least $50. And with that cell phone charging bundle, you're already more than halfway there. You'll get that free Beers and Ears Bluetooth speaker. And as always, two-day shipping is free. And don't forget, your purchase goes to support the show and some charities um, as well. Supplies are limited, so hurry. This offer is only good through the end of the year, December 31st, 2020. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. As you know, my name is Casey. Ho, ho, ho. My name is Matt.
0: I'm ready for the holidays to begin. And let's be honest, they've pretty much already begun. I've been
1: listening to Christmas music for weeks. Yeah. So, okay, Matt, I have a trivia question for you. How do you spell Santa Claus's last name? C-L-A-U-S. Very good. Did you know that when this movie came out, it caused, in case you don't know what movie we're talking about, we're talking about the Santa Claus series, duh, it's in the title. But when this movie came out, it caused more than enough people to think that the word or the name Santa Claus actually was spelled with an E on the end. In reality, if you watch the movie, you know that there's a reason why that E is on the end, because it's not talking about the person, it's talking about Santa Claus, the Claus, as Bernard says. But I just always thought that was a fun little piece of trivia, because people really thought, and still to this day think, that Santa Claus is spelt with an E at the end.
0: This movie is a fantastic pun. Like, let, let's just start that off. This, this movie, whoever came up with this idea, was like the ultimate dad. Like, had to have been sitting around his dinner table and being like, "Oh man, I got, well, I gotta think up new dad jokes," and like thought up this movie.
1: So I have to. So for those of you who don't realize it, we are talking about the Santa Claus franchise in totality today: Santa Claus, Santa Claus Two, The Mrs. Claus, and Santa Claus Three: The Escape Clause. And I want to start off just by saying that this movie has been a tradition in my life for literally as, as long as I can remember the movie came out. I, uh, it came out in the early nineties. I believe it was 91, 94, 94. Sorry. So, so I was 11 years old when this movie came out. Perfect age. Uh, obviously Santa Claus is real. So it gave us a chance to see what Santa Claus looks like uh, and, and kind of how that, that, majesty is brought about. and, Over the years, I have made it a tradition in my life that The Santa Claus is one of, if not the first movie, holiday movie that I watch every year. Uh, Holidays in my house, and my life, begin officially on November 1st. That is when decorations start to go up, including my Christmas tree. And then from there... Um, and everyone says, well, what about Thanksgiving? Well, Thanksgiving's just Christmas number one in my book. And one of the things that I do while watching or while putting my Christmas decorations up is the Santa Claus along with Christmas with the cranks and a couple of other Christmas vacation or some other ones are played as I'm putting my Christmas stuff up over the course of a week or week and a half. And this movie does not disappoint. Let's be honest. It is. It is truly gold. So this is
0: not quite the holiday tradition in my house. But I'm agreement with you that this movie, at least, let me say, at least the first one is is gold. I I think, and I think the the thread in all of it, like all these different clauses, is also a really good thread that that goes that goes through all three movies. I love that they continue the pun. It, it's wonderful. I I like that it's a different type of Santa story. It, mm-hmm. it feels different than other Santa-type movies. Um, so often I think there's so many tropes that go along with it, and this kind of, I don't want to say breaks all of them, but kind of gives a different angle of them. And and let me say this, too. I think it is hard for holiday movies to become box office hits and and movies that people come back to over and over again, because Mm -hmm. ultimately this is probably not a movie that you're watching in May. I mean, maybe it is if you, if, if you want to do that, you know, maybe you're celebrating a Christmas in July and like, Hey, let's throw on the Santa Claus. You could very easily do that. But, and this movie is one of them that I was looking at the numbers. I want to say like, uh yeah, like 144 million and 189 million worldwide which is really
1: crazy to me for a holiday movie for this this is yeah, just the and, first one and in the in the 1990s i mean 1984 so i mean that that's another thing to consider too that's pretty i don't know I can't remember if we determine if that was accounting for inflation or if that's just what it was at the time i can't remember but you know part of that Matt too is is tim Allen Right, so this came out in 1994. Tim Allen had been in Home Improvement at that point from 1991, and it lasted till 1999. So this was like smack dab in the middle of of Tim Allen's like heyday. In fact, I'm looking at the ratings of Home Improvement right now. His highest rated season was September of 1993, uh, or was in 1993, which lasted until 1994. This movie came out in 1994, which was the second highest rated season so he was right in the heyday of season three season four of home improvement he was probably the most well-known actor of the 1990s that everybody wanted to have and so i'm sorry he is santa claus when he is fully decked out and he's got his beard the way they did his makeup the way that the moment in the in the first one when he looks at neil after after you know after basically towards the end after they come back from the North Pole and and he he goes Neil and he looks at him in that twinkle in his eye and, and Neil just goes Santa like that is Santa Claus that is the epitome of who Santa Claus is and Tim Allen plays it perfectly.
0: I, I have to agree that Tim Allen plays the role very well and I think Santa is such a hard role to play mm-hmm. because yeah. It's there's this combination of things you have to hit and but also taking liberties with the character. And so the character still felt and, and 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 also sorry, backtracking a little bit. It was also he was playing a separate character in Scott Calvin. And so you also have to infuse Scott Calvin into the character of Santa to have it make sense. And I think he does it really, really well where you're right. It feels like a Santa without being over the top or too cheesy or too like
1: uh, it it, it really he lands it very, very well. I think it's also important to point out that his cast of supporting characters also. Are are really well done. Whether it's Eric Lloyd as Charlie, uh, Wendy Cruson as Laura Miller, Judge Reinhold as as uh, Doctor Neil Miller, you know the, uh, David uh, Krumholtz as Bernard. I mean Bernard is just hilarious. I I, I like you know we're going to talk about some of the other movies in just a couple of minutes. He's obviously not in the third one, which is one of the reasons why I think the third one falls flat a little bit. But even in the second one, Bernard's character gets really weird. He gets a little bit. Dumber, I think. Uh, where I think in this first one, he's much more directorial and, and 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 dictatorial, and I like that about him. Even the animatronics with with the with the um, with the reindeer and comet and the way that they played that, I thought that was really well done. Like you said, it's a different take on Santa and on a Christmas movie. You know, he spends more time out of the suit and out of the look of santa in this movie than he does in the suit as santa you know and so i think that that i think that just goes to speak that you're able to see that transformation so let's let's do what we normally do with our movies here favorite parts What were did you have a favorite part of the movie
0: um bernard is my favorite character in this movie outside of i guess you know tim allen's character um scott calvin yeah. Um, and so really any of the scenes with Bernard in it, I think he just commands the screen very well with, like you said, like he's running the tight ship. He's mm. describing to Santa, listen, you like you put on the suit. There's this clause that makes you the Santa that, it's yeah. done. There's nothing you can do about it. He's just very like matter of fact, running the tight ship, making sure that Christmas goes off without a hitch. And I, I really like, I really like the character. And I, every time he's on screen, I just feel Like, that's the character I'm looking at.
1: Hey there, uh, listeners. Future Casey here. As I'm editing this episode, this would normally be the moment that I would insert a clip of Bernard saying something clever. Because, obviously, Matt likes him and so do I. But I can't find any. I am on YouTube trying to find some clean clips from the Santa Claus one that could work here. And I did not realize there is such a following about how hot Bernard was and how he was uh, first crush of so many people. So instead of inserting a clip here of Bernard the elf saying something clever, I'm going to insert a 24 second clip called Hot Bernard the head elf from the Santa Claus uh, uploaded to YouTube on March 8th of this year uh from uh it's me you're looking for so enjoy and then we'll get back to the show I'm
0: the hell I don't give
1: I agree. Bernard, when he shows up at the end and he's, man, boy, this bird is dry. And and, and just just little things like that I think are good. I do have to correct one thing I said. The reindeer were not animatronics. They were actually real reindeer.
0: Oh, nice.
1: uh, Used from the Toronto Zoo. I'm just looking at this as we speak right now. Um, My favorite scene, honestly, is after that first night and the reindeer take them back up. To the north pole and of course there's the north pole and charlie goes i think it's the north pole and tim allen goes that's the north pole and then that elf comes out that whole scene starting when the elf comes out and puts his coat in that song that starts playing again it's tradition in my house when that part comes out i stop what i'm doing i'm not cleaning anymore i stop i turn the volume up almost to 100 percent and that whole scene when they put the code in and the the sleigh starts to, to, to lower, and you hear that song and the elves are dancing, the reindeer are appearing in their spots again, and you know dun, 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 you know that song. And you see Bernard walking around. You see the elves. All it's it, it's like that's the new Santa. That's that right there. It chills just thinking about it. That is pure Christmas magic in my mind. I, I, the filmmakers did such a phenomenal job. So that's my favorite part of the movie.
0: Um, so I, I usually this is where we go to least favorite parts, um, but I, I don't have a least favorite part because I think this movie is. Darn near perfect, but I do have a funny thing that I, I, I went down a rabbit hole on. So, um, you know, I, I, I usually scan through the Wikipedia page of most of our films, even after I've watched it, just to, you know, see what any tidbits I can pick up. But then I then explore some more to figure out, OK, like what's what's going on? And so mm-hmm. one of the things at the bottom of this is that there there's something that has been removed that you actually cannot see anymore. And so, um, there's a, at one point in the movie, Scott and Laura take play, uh, Scott and Laura are, are, um, they're having an an exchange and, and Laura hands Scott a piece of paper with Neil's mother's phone number on it. And in the original, Scott says, it then says 1-800-SPANK-ME. I know that number. Here's Neil's mom's number in case. 1-800-SPANK-ME. I know that number.
1: Uh, and a Merry Christmas to you too. Well, I'm reading it right now as you're saying it out loud. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> what ended up happening? Um, and so, you know, I I went and found a ton of articles about this, and the reason that they removed it is because that number was an actual line of some very inappropriate things. And kids were calling that line and racking up a very large bill, and parents were not very happy about that. And so they had to retroactively take out all of this uh, stuff. So on Disney Plus, you won't see it. On television broadcast, you won't see it. Even in later VHS and DVD releases, you won't see it. It's like one eight hundred pound, I think, is what it is now.
1: It and makes so- me. It makes me wonder. I'm curious to know. You know, obviously, I've watched that on Disney Plus the last couple of years, but I'm gonna have to go back to my DVD and see see which one see which one I have. I, I would imagine if it's the DVD, it's probably one eight hundred pound because I think doesn't he go like one one eight hundred pound the pound or something like that, and then he goes oh or something like that. Isn't that yeah, now yeah that exactly? How? Okay, then I don't think I have the one eight hundred spank me. I don't know if I've ever heard the one eight hundred spank me. Yeah, they did it kind of
0: quietly because um, from what I read, you know, Disney commented in one of the articles that I read, if they made a big deal out of it, that was just going to make it worse. And so they
1: kind of quietly just put it away. But I I, I had a little bit of a chuckle over that one. (laughs) All right. So, let's move on to Santa Claus 2. So, obviously Santa Claus 1, the original, we we both loved it. So, then we move into Santa Claus 2, The Mrs. Claus. Um, I'm going to shock you with what I'm about ready to say, but actually I think after rewatching it for this and I've seen this 100 times, I actually prefer the Santa Claus 2 to the Santa Claus. Now, I don't I don't think the Santa Claus Three is good. I, I don't mind the Santa Claus Three; it's not my favorite. It's it's the least of them. But actually, watching the Santa Claus Two, um, you know, sixty five million dollar budget. It had a higher budget than the Santa Claus, a much higher budget than the Santa Claus Three. I I can definitely see the production quality go up. It's got more of the magic in my mind. Um, you get to see you get to see. Uh, Tim Allen more as you almost get to see it in reverse. You see him as Santa Claus up front and then kind of move and kind of move backwards as he's reverting away back to Scott Calvin. Um, I absolutely love, um, I absolutely love Elizabeth Mitchell as Carol and in, in the way that she plays. But I, I really think that as I already have said with sequels, with finding Dory and others, you don't have to do a lot of exposition here. This one, you just get to have, a lot of fun with and i think there's a lot of funny parts like again when he goes on the date the best part of beer, da, 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 the song and i just i think there are some parts that aren't good i'm not gonna lie and again bernard ends up being a lot dumber in this one and i probably shouldn't say that because there's kids listening kids that's a bad word he ends up being not so smart in this one um, you know, Curtis kind of <laughs> Curtis ends up taking a little bit more of that role of head elf in kind of a way. Um, but that said, I really do feel that this one is of the three the better of the three.
0: Um, so I I disagree for a really personal reason. Like it, okay. it's 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 really just a personal preference. I am not a fan of the plot line of. I need to convince someone to fall in love with me in insert a way too less amount of days. The keeper of the handbook overlooked the single most important detail in the history of Christmas. Look. I I can't see that. Better now? Uh, Or now? Well, better now. It's getting there. Now, I can't see anything. I see. matrimony. I gotta get married. Yes, it's the Mrs. Claus, and okay. that's not just for this movie. That's for a lot of movies. Like I, I just that that storyline. I just don't like it. It feels weird and awkward, and and you don't even in some of the
1: first fight, huh?
0: I, it's it's not so much i mean love at first sight whatever like i i, I don't want to say like i'm a monster of love um, but um, <laughs> or, or, or a monster that hates love in this world like no but it, it 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 sometimes for me can come off as a little bit creepy and it even like the character kind of references that like he is showering her with all this magic, and she's like, whoa, this is weird. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, this is weird. And and then there's this, like, turn, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, no, 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 we're in love. And it's like, you've known each other for a week? Like, imagine that if anyone in your life were to come to you and be like, hey, we're getting married. We met last week. You would kind of be like, okay, hang on.
1: Matt, <laughs> Tell me Matt, more about this situation. Matt. Matt it's a story about Santa Claus. <laughs> I mean, it's I, a story about Santa Claus. Like I get what you're saying. I know I, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I think, I think the idea of it is absolutely far-fetched and I, I completely agree. And, and in fact, one of the things that I even took down in my notes was why did Curtis wait so long to tell him about this? Why couldn't he have been searching for this six months ago? Like that, I, that, that doesn't really make a lot of sense why they waited so long other than the fact that they had to do it to squeeze it into this movie. But I honestly think that to be honest with you, some of this movie could have still worked if, if it was a year long thing, like if it would have taken place over the course of a year or something like that. I think there's ways that they could have made it work. So I get what you're saying. I I I a hundred percent agree with you on that. I just think though, though, again, with, with some of the weak elements, there are, there are really good authentic parts in this that I think, make it fun i mean the introduction of the council legendary figures i absolutely love that with mother nature and father time and cupid i'm sorry the molinator Uh, i just think that or not cupid but uh, the tooth fairy and the molinator the sandman who ends up playing a bigger role um i believe in in the the third one you know so like there's just uh, i i really do feel that they really found a way to balance the magic i love lucy as well i think the introduction of lucy in this and the way that they thread—you talked about threading the claws through all of this. I also love how they thread the snow globe through all three movies, and yes. how it becomes an increasingly bigger part. It, you know, it's it's big in the first one. They use it in the second one with with uh, Principal Newman, and of course, we're going to get to the third one in a minute. But that becomes a huge part of the third one, and I think that is—it's really well done in, in my and- in my book.
0: And let me say this, that, that just because I, I dislike the plot does not mean I, I, I still think it's a good movie. For a lot of the reasons you were saying, I love the the, the, the idea that there's this greater universe of legendary holiday type creatures, I, I think is interesting. And um, even like the idea of Charlie's character that, yeah, what happens when he grows up? Because, you know, kind of the the trope in our world today is, you know, at some point you stop believing in Santa. But uh, honestly, there's no way that Charlie is ever going to stop believing in Santa Mm -hmm. because I love
1: I love when he shares with Lucy at the end. You know, I got something to show you and share with you. And he's able to finally open up and share that story with Lucy. I think That's just amazing way to end that, you know.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, uh, honestly, that storyline to me is more interesting than the one of, quick, I gotta find a wife. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, it, it, it's, I just think that's a little bit, just a little bit more interesting. Um, and, uh, but, but yeah, I, 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 I like the second one. I think, you know, you said this to me in a text, and so I apologize if I'm totally ruining your thunder on this. I think this one gets a bad rep because people assume that it's like three.
1: I agree. And it's not. I agree. Yeah, you're right. I did send that to you. And I I agree. I think people, they they loop them in together. I was just looking. um, So an average rating on Rotten Tomatoes of, so the first one has an average rating of 5.86 out of 10, which to me is actually kind of low. I think
0: that's par for the course with holiday movies. Just holiday movies just do not get the critical acclaim that
1: they deserve. But the second one's a 5.57 out of 10. So it's not much lower. So it goes to show you, it's it's not a bad one. In fact, audiences uh, polled on CinemaScore uh, gave the original an A minus on a scale of A to F. The second one an A on a scale of uh, A plus huh. F. So actually, audiences agree that the second one is better. So I think that just says a lot. I mean, I, I definitely feel that that um, you know, and I think you know, I'm looking at the timing on this. This came out um, November first, two thousand two. We were just over a year after the events of 9-11. The world got to be a pretty scary place. So I can see maybe people were looking for a little bit of an escape here. You know, I could I could definitely yeah. see that. I mean, this was pre-invasion of Iraq. That happened in 2003. Um, so I don't know. I, I can see that happen. It's a much shorter movie. It's only 104 minutes. Uh, versus the first movie, which was actually it's a little bit longer than the. I'm sorry, it, It's longer than the first one. Uh, it's but not by much, by seven minutes. Still a short movie. I, 104 minutes doesn't seem that long to me. Um, no, it's not. Get, yeah, but I so. also
0: I also enjoy <clears throat> that they don't try to draw it out too much. I I, I favor a quicker paced movie over. Yeah something that's long and drawn out, especially for something like this. Cause around the holidays, a lot of times I'm not looking for a three hour Santa Claus extravaganza. Like I'm looking for that like two hours and under kind of window. Yeah.
1: All right. So let's move on to number three. Um, <laughs> the dumpster fire of the movies, I should say, <laughs> here's the thing. I actually like the plot of number three quite a bit. I like the idea Again, we talked about the snow glow. We talked about the, you know, I wish I'd never become Santa Claus. The thing that ruins this movie for me uh, is just two words. Martin Short.
0: Ooh, nice try, compadre. And lovely teamwork. There's only one problem. You're never going to get me to say, I wish I'd never been sad at all.
1: Now, who said that? Rudolph? Rudolph's mama? I don't like Martin Short. I don't like his humor. I've never liked his humor. He's always been obnoxious to me. And the, the, the scene that I, I, I think of is Hey, kids, shave a reindeer for da 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 when he's you know, commercialized the North Pole. Like, that is such a Martin Short thing to say. Like, if I were a betting man, that was an, an ad lib on Martin Short's part. I bet you it was not uh, scripted and they went with it because it was Martin Short. I just. Yeah, not a fan, not a fan of the man. And, you know, Jack Frost, I think could he's an interesting character, but I like the plot, but I don't like Martin Short.
0: I am in 100% agreement with you here. And I, I actually don't mind Martin Short, um, though, as I'm thinking of things that he's in, he's not usually my favorite character. Really outside of the movie, The Three Amigos, I like him in that movie. Um, but also Steve Martin and Chevy chase are on the screen. So I don't know if it's like a, he's riding the wave of (laughs) those two. Um, but, but you're right. I like the idea of it. And, and in terms of like a trilogy arc, it's, it's a, okay, I become Santa in the first one. Number two is, um, having to find love and kind of perfecting Santa. And number three is I've now created this world. I'm I'm becoming bored with it, or the the things are becoming too hectic. I, there's things I don't like. I wish I could go back, and and that's that's a really nice arc, I
1: think. Well, here here's a, here's the quote from a critic. Eric Snyder wrote that Alan did the Santa Claus the first time with enthusiasm, the second time with affection, and the third time for a paycheck. Kyle Smith wrote. We're getting a turkey and a ham for the holidays. Santa is so dumb. He should be demoted to clean up after Jeffrey the giraffe at Toys R Us. Uh, uh, I love reading critical uh, reviews. I'll be uh, honest. Manola Dargis dismissed the film as squeaky clean, but you might die of boredom. <laughs> and finally, Mark Commode described it at BBC Radio 5 Live as this, oh gosh, the cinematic equivalent of tertiary syphilis. <laughs> oh, Holy cow. Um, People uh, really didn't
0: like, critics really didn't like this movie. Well, but here, but it think... actually
1: was, it, was, it was actually nominated for several awards. Tim Allen was nominated for Worst Actor. Tim so Allen and Martin Raspberry Short Awards. Were, yeah, these were the Raspberry Awards. Tim Allen and Martin Short were nominated for Worst Screen Couple. Martin Short was nominated for Worst Supporting Actor. The movie was nominated for Worst Prequel or Sequel. Oh my God! Here's the worst one. It was nominated for Worst Excuse for Family Entertainment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't disagree with that, but I, but I think what what gets me about it is, like you said, and and, and like we both said, the plot is good. The the idea behind it is good. It it just does feel like everyone's kind of mailing it in, and uh, so it just doesn't land that well. Um, well. I'm
1: sad that I'm sad that Bernard doesn't make it. I mean, I I, yeah. I I think part of it is Bernard added some humor. Again, he was a little bit dumbed down in number two, but he was still there. And he's nowhere to be seen. Curtis is there, but even I, I don't know. It just yeah, it just can. Whatever. Can I also say, this is another one where
0: um, I read on the Wikipedia page, this spawned a video game for Game Boy Advance. And I went, what? Oh, I need to see this. Um, so I YouTubed it. Um, it's a, it's a horrible platformer. That's really pixely, but like, okay. I, you know, I, I didn't watch the full 50 minute video. You'll be happy to know. I did not waste that much time, (laughs) but thankfully, you know, YouTube, you can kind of scroll through it and kind of see what's going on. So, you know, in the halfway through the movie or he becomes just regular Scott Calvin. So the first part of the video game, you're Santa and you're platforming around and moving through the plot. And so I was like, well, what's going to happen in the second part of the game? Well, you guessed it. You are a pixelated Scott Calvin in a suit and tie,
1: like running around and jumping around. That's <laughs> just, horrible! It was, it was, oh my god, it gosh. was so bad. It I was will say, so bad. I will say, for number three, one of the things that I do like, I do like how they recreate the night of the original. I mean, you know, in in the original movie, when when Santa falls off the roof, and they recreate that whole scene, either by either reshooting it or using some of the, you know, CGI or whatever. I do kind of like that whole element at the end where they're fighting to get it when he's fighting to get it back and stuff. I think there, again, there were some really good movie making points, but it's just, it's completely soured with, with Martin short. I do want to say one thing real quick before we, before we kind of start to wrap up here, I want to go back to number two for a second. I called this out when I texted you after watching the movie. I have seen this movie a hundred times. I love number two, as you guys all know, I have never picked up on the Hidden Mickeys in number two. Did you find them when you watched it? I
0: honestly totally
1: forgot. <laughs> so I, 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 I got to I go back and figure out when I texted you the um, – when I texted you at what point in the movie they are. All right, so about 25 minutes in, when Bernard is telling the elves about Santa's new looks, so obviously we got fake Santa. Look in the background. One of the elves is actually holding – a classic Mickey Mouse and a classic Minnie Mouse, like the old school ones with the long snouts. Um, They actually make a couple other appearances after that throughout the movie too. But I just, I love that little touch of Disney magic in there. I've never picked up on it before until then.
0: That's interesting. I love, that's the fun thing about really not just this movie, really any Disney movie, and I would even argue any movie in general, that a lot of times the more you watch it, you can watch it 50 times, and on time 51, you notice
1: something that you never noticed. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Well, I, again, overall series, I think holiday classic. I mean, I still watch the Escape Clause. That's still something I watch every year, maybe not as often. I mean, number one gets played. Number two gets played all the time. Number three, if I have time, I'll pop it on. Um, just the classic Movie, I think Tim Allen did a phenomenal job. I think it, it's also unusual too, with Bernard excluded, for a cast of supporting characters to come back through a trilogy like and not really lose anyone other than than Bernard. Really, if you think yeah. about Judge Reinhold, uh, Wendy, um, uh, 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 even uh, Evan Lloyd, you know they all come back and play these parts throughout the movie, and even. The characters that are introduced in number two come back and play them in number three, including Mrs. Claus and and uh, Curtis and, and Lucy comes back. I mean, like, you know, it's it just it's really interesting to see um, even the, the supporting players like like Aisha Taylor's Mother Nature and Father Time and the Sandman and stuff. They all come back and play these characters. It, it just goes to show you they must have had a really great environment on set
0: yeah i agree with you that that really probably does speak to how much fun it was to do those movies and uh i so i am in agreement like one watch go watch right now and and definitely two i think is is worth watching um again despite my personal thing i, I still find enjoyment in watching it I, I, i'll be honest i don't know if i ever
1: need to watch three again <laughs> 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 you don't want to go shave a reindeer? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, all right. Well, anyway, it is closing time. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying our holiday episodes. We have several more as we get into the holiday season. Um, so it is closing time. We'd love for you to get social with us on our social media platforms. Um Right now, you can find us on Facebook, Beers and Ears Podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter, Beers Ears 1928 You can email us at BeersAndEars1928 at gmail.com. Right now, through the end of the year, you heard us talk about this at the top of the show, um, but we've got these Bluetooth um, speakers that are keychain speakers with our logo on them. And um, while you can get them as part of a free gift and promotion we talked about at the top of the show, if you rate and review us and give us five stars and snap a picture of that rate and review on your podcast platform and send it our way, we'll put you into a raffle uh, through the end of the year to give away one of 10 of these. And then as well as if you share any of the links that we put out, whether it's this one or any of the links for any of our shows to your friends and family on any of your social media posts. And again, take a picture of that and send it our way. We'll also enter you into the raffle as well to give away um, those, those, those 10 beers and years, um Bluetooth speakers. It's just a way to help us promote the show. So um, Matt, I think it's time to wrap up. All right. Let's raise that glass of maybe eggnog.
0: You're starting to get into the season, uh, but uh, you know, chocolate. whatever beverage
1: you ha- <laughs> Or hot chocolate with some peppermint schnapps or something. I don't know. Yeah, you know
0: what? Whatever you're drinking this holiday season, you raise it up. This episode has been on us, and we will see you next time.
1: Have a great day, everybody, and please wear your masks. Have a great night.